Okay, I'm back with Vanessa Powers. Uh, we've talked to her before, but this is her next film, uh, 50 ml, 50 milliliters. Um, it's a, a story about, kind of a very personal story for me because uh, I have, uh, I've been sober for a long time. And so I totally, totally, totally understand this this character's perspective and it's about basically a family gathering who end up being your my enablers as well a lot of people enablers as well when they're suffering from addiction and uh there's a common christmas party and then this 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 young man who's married and seems has, has a supportive wife is dealing with his addiction issues and he's uh he's got some issues and it's got a great ending to it i don't want to give it too much away but really great film uh, vanessa you're on a roll uh, i'm curious you Thank wrote you. the script as well what motivated you to write the, uh, to make this film? Uh, yeah, so this uh, this film is inspired by a true story. My dad is 35 years sober and um, told this story to me of of going to the liquor store to to pick up you know some stuff for a, a family gathering yeah. and um, he was you know pretty far into his sobriety journey at the time so basically just this idea of standing by the counter and seeing those little bottles and kind of having this thought of like, Oh, well, no, no one would ever know. And he was far enough along in his journey at that time to be able to make a different choice and walk away. Um, but it just always stuck with me, this sense of what maybe would have happened with someone earlier on in their, in their journey um, who maybe didn't have the tools to, to walk away from that so uh yeah really inspired by just my my dad and him always being very honest with what those struggles were like and and kind of being interested in portraying that in a sympathetic way on screen i think what i liked about this film is that is that well there's a lot of things I like about this film but one of the things i liked about this film is that it's the beginning it starts with the wife it's kind of told for her perspective and it really shows uh, an arc of what the partner goes through, like your partner, like say my wife, for example, like you, you have an addiction problem and you're, 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 you're like, there's nothing, there's no such thing as conquering it, but you've basically battled and you've been sober for a long time. But then there's always that worry, right? There's always that doubt. Yeah. She still has to be herself. She still can't like be baby him. And basically like, she still has her own uh, insecurities. Like she does with her family coming in and stuff like that. But it's really kind of told from her point of view. The, the yeah, film. yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I think um, because also I think the you know slips in in addiction happen when it, when it's not about you when there are other things going on because so much yeah so much you start the film and it feels like it's really just going to be about dealing with the family and and like you said from the the wife's perspective and kind of you think that you're kind of in for one story and then this other story is kind of secretly going on. Um, and I think, I think it's like, you know, for him in so many ways, everything's actually all right. And, and for her, it seems like it's going to be the stress. And, and then we have this sort of flip flop that occurs because everyone's looking the other way. Yeah, exactly. So, and then, so the, like the, the the house setting, everything's kind of like handheld, kind of like it's obviously I'm watching it the second, third time. I'm kind of analyzing your film, but it's kind of has that kind of awkward. There's there's awkwardness and there's like a little bit of, um, you know, 
it's not 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 nothing's on the up and up, I guess, right? Because new, you know, strangers are not strangers, but family is coming to your house, and you know that there's always that uneasiness with that. So you're kind of making it uneasy for the audience, I guess, with your directing style. Yeah, yeah, and and I like that you noticed the camera work. It was like very, uh, I think, like loose and natural was yeah. exactly the the terminology we used. Really, just wanted you to feel like you were sort of in the house, in the room with with that discomfort. And a lot of that has to do with, um, I'm from the Midwest and we just have this way of, of passive aggressively sort of invading each other's lives and making snap judgments. And, um, I don't think that's a Midwest thing. I think that's a, that's a, (laughs) it's a white, um, Western world thing, I guess. Sure. Yes. Very, it's very waspy. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And so I think, I think actually there's some humor in that that was very intentional because I think when you tell it a dark story, you can't just go as dark as possible, as fast as possible. I think, I think humor is kind of uh, a coping strategy we all employ. And I think it makes things like that more palatable and, and more impactful. So the, the family awkwardness was sort of, sort of pioneered for like, yes, you're going to feel it and it's going to, you're going to sympathize with it, but there's a couple of the digs and stuff that I think are a little funny. Yeah. It's, there's always that irony of that. You can't, you, you're, you're, you can't be yourself around your own family, I guess. Right. Mm. So whereas like nobody really is, everybody's either playing it up or playing themselves up or playing themselves down, I guess. Right. If there's, yeah. Um, there's some really cool shots you got in the film. Uh, always like come kind of like an outside perspective, the baby shot when they're sitting at the table and the baby's kind of like not even looking at the parents I don't yeah. know something that I found that I found that very as someone who has children very interesting because the baby is not even they you can't even turn around the baby and like like <laughs> the baby has to yeah. look that's like where did you get that what? shot from I'm just curious um I think I just wanted this sense of like because we had had all this sort of very chaotic shooting like as we sat down to dinner I just wanted this shot that like established geography for a second um that was a little more settled and a little more distant and I loved this idea that like also well while all of these totally real things are going on you do have this this baby here who's like blissfully unaware and just like living his baby life yeah (laughs) Um, I just thought I thought it was sort of funny and sort of sort of gave some distance and sort of um just just reminded you almost of this sense of outside perspective uh but through a lens that has no awareness because it's a baby yeah um i was also a little bit of practical choice of we uh didn't want to have the baby at the whole dinner just like for the sake of it would have been really hard to film like the baby already had i think like a four or six hour day before that and we were like we got to get the baby out it's not gonna last so yeah okay so let's uh, let's talk about the location so you got two locations you got the liquor store and you got the house of course where did you where's where did you find the house it's like a perfect middle class house like it was the exterior the same as the interior yeah uh so the house is actually belongs to the lead actress marissa moeller um and i had asked her to be in the film and sent her the script and we were kind of looking around at some like Airbnbs. We were thinking about like whose friends have, but like my house 
is really old. It's really funky. So it was like too sort of funky. And then she was like, okay, this might be weird. But like, when I read this, like I picture it in my house, like, would you want to film this in my house? So she, she pretty much volunteered her house because apparently just like right when she read it, that was just what she pictured. And then um, I hadn't been to her house yet because she and her fiance had like just moved in mm -hmm. and we went out there and it was just like, oh yeah, this is the house. So that was some, <laughs> I think just serendipitousness. And then the liquor store is uh, a couple blocks from my house. I live in Hopkins, which is like a little suburb. And we went there and just sort of, asked the owner if that was something he'd ever be open to and he was like yeah go for it that sounds cool you know I think we have the benefit in the Midwest of like people still think movies are cool they're yeah. not always they're not always going to be like wow how much money can you give me they're like oh a movie that's cool yeah, yeah. because they haven't seen a you know so he when we were filming just like hung out and like watched us because he had never seen someone <clears throat> make a movie before so um yeah, so both the locations were, I think, uh, astoundingly easy to nail. Down. On that note, I always want to say to indie filmmakers is that if you're gonna, if someone's gonna be nice enough to give you your location, don't be a douche about it because it's like oh, you yeah. don't, because you don't because what happens is that a lot of indie films come in and they kind of like wreck something or they, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they're they're, they're jaded. The person's like they're, they're forever say don't i'm not going to film anything and then right. friends and so on right so definitely definitely big the, big respect for little spaces yeah exactly. you have to be get to have big respect for those spaces yeah and so okay so then you got the location perfect location did you have the set deck anything like change did you change any of the aesthetic um only a little tiny bit honestly that was the other thing that's just really impressive to me is marissa is like she's like a pinterest gal like her house is so curated and and you know even the even the white tree with the with the teal and pink decorate and everything like that's how her house looked so the, I think the funniest part of it was is that we shot it like at the end of January so they just ended up having to have their Christmas decorations up for like an extra month but um we yeah we we did a little bit of of decorating um you know, a couple family photos and that type of thing of the of the cast that we had chosen. But ultimately, a lot of a lot of that is just how her house is decorated because she's actually that stylish. Did she so. did she uh, the, the did she audition for the part or? Um, no, I so the casting process was kind of fun because it was very much built around the lead um, male character, Joe. Um, and that was played by my friend Casey Huckstra, who I knew in high school and had worked with on like a couple films really early on in my career. And then he went on to like he's a he's a professional actor in like sh Chicago, Madison, Milwaukee area now. I mean, that's how he pays his bills. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for some lovely reason, he was like, hey, like. I have this little gap of time, like, it'd be really fun to work on something again. Like, do you have anything in the works? And it was basically that he was available and that I had had this story kind of percolating in my mind for a little while that I was like, okay, I, I know that he could do this role justice. And then once I had him, I was kind of going through my Rolodex of like, well, who do I know and who do I know that I thought could could really be a foil and, and stand up to 
what he brings to the table. And Marissa, we had worked on a couple other projects with, and I just always find her to be such a completely invested and competent and compelling performer that I just thought that she would be able to to bring enough to the table to stand up what what he brings to the table. And so she was the second person I asked. And then um and then from there it was like building who could who could believably play her siblings um and then who could believably play their mom and um but so they were really the center point of of the casting process and so for her it was just um I wanted to work with her again after a couple projects of of not having the chance and I knew that she'd uh, do a really beautiful job so it was a uh, sort of came together pretty pretty well I think well, it makes sense that he 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 came out to you because people people don't know you're you're kind of a doer, right? You kind yeah, of, yeah. Kind of get things done. You can go to your website. There'll be a link, OxfordComaFilms.com, where you've made a, a ton of projects, and yeah. especially in the last like five years, correct? Yes, yeah. Really starting in starting sort of at the end of twenty eighteen into okay. twenty nineteen, five six we really years, yeah. kicked up a notch what we were doing. You've done you've done a you've done a feature, correct? I've done a couple of features, yeah. Couple of features, yeah. Rich and keepsake. So you're and then you do these short films, and mm -hmm. so you're just like you're just you're just plugging along. So this actor comes to you and says, "Hey, I'm going to talk to her because she's always doing something, right?" So, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm uh, credited as being very prolific, um, but I I think for me that has a lot to do with I sort of learn by doing that's really always been how how I have improved and so um I first of all just like never seem to have a shortage of ideas um that I want to that I want to pursue and then also it's like you know the second I do a project I like feel like I the first thing I do is like identify like oh next time we could do you know this this and this and it would be better and um so I think it's all also this just constant process of like honing the craft and um, and yeah, I think actors are drawn to that because they know that they're going to do something that's going to be worth being on their reel. That's going to go to some yeah. festivals. You're going to get it done. You're going to finish yeah. it. You don't have to worry, yeah. wait three years for you to finish your film. Right. So exactly. Exactly. But so. this is, I got to point out, this is a very difficult film because it's eight minutes, but it's seven minutes with, without credits and it's yeah. a very tight script and it's a very yes. tight film. Got a lot of performers. We talked about the baby. Mm. So you're, you're giving in all these performers, they got to do their, even though they're not, don't have an arc per se, they're kind of just a yeah. trope. Most of the actors are just tropes for the main characters, but they have to do their, they have to perform their, their roles, right? Like yeah. they, that family's got to be realistic. It can't look, there can't be a phony moment in, in the scene, I guess. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm, well, I'm a really big believer because I have a stage background. So I'm a really big believer in like character work and in, and in kind of investing in the actors understanding that, you know, we come into this story at a point and we leave it at a point. But like, right. I really like to talk to them about what has come before and even sometimes like what is going to happen next so that they kind of understand the full slice uh, of of life that we're seeing. Right. right. I'm kind of this believer in like every film is a slice of life film. It's just like, what slice are we looking at at that time? Um, and so, yeah, I was really I was really you know, I'm so grateful 
for the talent and for the work and for the the thought process that everyone brought to the table. Um, this is a film that's gotten a couple ensemble nods and a couple ensemble awards, just I think because the the unit that they built was so believable. So what does what does happen next? What does happen? Um, well, that's you know we, we we talked about that a lot. You know, I don't think I don't think they divorce. I don't think they no. break up. I think that they you know, reset and, and, you know, gotta go to a couple to, meetings, I guess, right? back to a couple meetings and, and just sort of start that, start that climb over. You know, I think that's the thing that we talked about a lot is like what the, what the loss of, you know, and we, we made some decisions about like, Oh, how, how long sober is he? And um, I think we said less than a year, like nine months or something. And, and, you know, it's kind of like we talked a lot about what the loss of that time means for both of them. Right. Yeah. And not not just that it's a loss for him, but it's a loss for her. And then it's also a loss for them as they try to build their lives. Mm -hmm. So I think we just uh, as far as what happens after we just talked about the gravity of that starting over. And, and I think also about um, his character and what this kind of sense of, of, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, and was not fine, and, and hopefully that he learned. Uh, yeah, but that's the frustration, right? Because it's like, yeah. he, he's like, you, you can call it a disease, like, so he's like, uh, has a disease, and like, for her, like, she's pissed off, right? Like, and she, and you know what I mean? And you can look at it from both sides, but from her side, she's pissed off, and and because, like, I don't think he meant to, but it's like, you know, no. they, if they want kids, you know what I mean? If they want, like, she yeah. she has to trust this person. And it's hard yeah. when you have that addiction, right? And she she's married to him and, like, and she's seeing, like, you know, her, like, she needs him to progress her life. You know what I mean? If they're married, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, and I think that, I think that that's the case for addiction. I think that's the case for all mental illnesses you know when you when you choose a partner you you choose their baggage too and yeah. and I think when it's something <laughs> like that that's not or that's so easy to view as like not a part of them yeah. even though it is um it's it's you know you can always see who they are outside of that and and I think that there's this real struggle with identifying that it's both part of who they are and not who they are um yeah, but so. the, the people have unrealistic expectations for for people as well, right? And so unrealistic uh, expectations for for people, and but also for themselves, right? Yeah. I think for his character to feel that that was a safe choice or that that was a good idea, um, you know, with all the sympathy in the world, was a little foolhardy, right? Was a little like ah. Oh, it's fine and she even says like are you sure and he's like yeah, yeah you know and then he goes and it was a bad idea so i think i think it's also just about how kind of these perfect storm situations can un unseat maybe progress you've made or stability that you think that you have yeah it's like a lot it's this you know the discipline of it it could just derail like that and i think that's where your, your dad was kind of giving you that elgin story right where like he yeah he had the, he was in a moment of cross he had a crossroads moment and he chose mm -hmm. he chose the right path and it's funny interesting that you yeah. chose like the other path even though he didn't take that path right in the, in your film yeah well because i think i you know because i think that i i feel like you always see alcoholism on screen as such a sort of aggrandized you know it's always 
like sipping from the whiskey bottle and like beating your wife, you know, it's always so dramatic. And I think that, I think that also I know a lot of people my age who are, who are choosing to get sober and none of them have like gotten a DUI or like gotten a, you know, it's, it is for these smaller reasons. And I think I just wanted to see like that portrayed on screen in a way that's like, it can just happen and it can be terrible and it can also be fine. And it, you know, a slip isn't always a bender. It's not always an abusive argument. It's sometimes just like you just take a drink, you know, and you start and you start your process over. And so I think that's why maybe I was so compelled by the idea of this other way of doing things or the other direction that this could go and we actually really struggled with the ending in the writing process we rewrote it a few different times um to try to kind of find this perfect ending or this or this sense of where we wanted to leave the audience and there was everything from him revealing it like during the dinner at the table in front of everyone there was a draft where they like had a kid already. Like it, there was like to, to sort of nail the ending, which I do feel proud that I think we did. There were a lot of iterations and that was a place where also like, this is where I love my performers so much because um, Casey and Marissa both weighed in on different drafts of the ending and on sort of where they saw things or where they felt things. And um and it was really, I think, a team sort of journey to get to yeah. the ending that we landed on. So I just want to put, I just want to make one last point about yourself as a director because I've seen a couple of your films, a few of your films. Is that is that you you can see that you're 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 evolving as a filmmaker, and it's interesting that you're because you've already done features. So usually people who do features, they don't kind of go back, not go back, but they don't kind of venture into the short realm. But it, but it's like. It's the little things that you do. Like, I'm just going to compliment you here. It's like, you do, like, it's the subtle things, like, uh, in the direction, like, even their costumes, even their, even what they're wearing, it's thematically related, right? And, like, yeah. even, like the the depth of field, you kind of give a lot of space in, um, in the in the scenes, even though you it seems like a small location, but, like, in terms of what you, because you can, couldn't open the walls up and, you know, move the camera. Yeah, but, yeah. But, you can, but you still give it space. You still give like they're, they're all one. The, the family's on one side of the room. They're on the other side of the room. The space between them and like the the moment where her her best acting moment is when like they're doing the they're passing the food around and she sees something's wrong with him. Like she knows something's yeah. wrong. Yeah. Right. And it's not communicated. It's like not verbally. It's there. It's there. We know that's a that's an arc, right? So little things like that. And it's like it's. I know you do it in the editing room as well, but. Yeah, it's really it's a really interesting film because it's like when you're watching it for the first time, you know, you're just you're just like you're into the story. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting short film. And then what you did, I I can dive back into it and watch the second time. I'm like, oh, this is what she's doing here. So, yeah. So kudos to you. uh, Thank you. uh, The the Minnesota filmmaker. (laughs) Thank you. uh, I know you're probably got like 10 projects on the go right now, I'm assuming. Right. Uh, yeah, well, we so we actually uh, had another feature last year called Sins of the Father. It's a horror film that premiered at the Twin Cities Film Festival up here in October. Um, and we are gearing up for another feature called Silly Little Wounds. Um, that's going to be this year. And then uh, just to continue my very confusing pattern, I really want to get 
back into a couple um, like longer short projects um, after that that are just some smaller ideas I'm interested in exploring because features are so hard. Um, yeah. And then I have four different shorts in post-production right now as well. Post-production. So. Mm -hmm. yeah uh so it's yeah it's it's been a busy year it's gonna be a busy year and you know never stop never stopping what is it that objects in motion remain in motion I believe in that so strongly because I I feel like to stop and pick back up is harder than to just keep it rolling yeah yeah and you like it was audio podcast but you there's always there's film stuff all around you as well you got a storyboard book beside your right shoulder ah uh, yeah you do. <laughs> You got a lighting kit in the back, right? So you're always going on. You're, you're always doing something. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk again when you make, I'm not going to say when you make your next film, but when you're like, when we show your next film and uh, looking forward to seeing what you do next. And congratulations on everything you're doing so far. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven.